Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Or perhaps you're listening to iTunes, or perhaps you're on our website, dogradioshow.com. All of our episodes are archived on both of those places. Um, perhaps you're li- listening to Alternative Talk, AM 1150, streaming live from their website. There's so many places to listen, so many ways to listen. Of course, our Facebook page as well, The Dog Show with Julie Forbes, through SoundCloud, etc., etc. In any case, welcome. As I look out the window, I think to myself, <laughs> what a great day to take your dog for a walk. It's raining. It is indeed. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. Hey, if you've got a slicker for yourself and maybe your dog, then hey, what the heck? You know, some people feel like embarrassed or shamed by putting a jacket on their dog. But some dogs do require some sort of, you know, protection from the weather. I mean, you know, there's a difference between a a raincoat or a coat for warmth or a fleece. Hmm. There's a difference between that and a gown. <laughs> yes. Because yeah. they do make those for dogs, too. And I'm not saying you should feel ashamed if you dress your dog in dresses either. Right. But, um, you know, if you've got a dog that has very little body fat, is is either very small and or has very little body fat, like a vishla or a pointer or a whippet, <laughs> You know, those guys, especially once it starts to get colder, they get cold. And mm-hmm. and depending on where you live, uh, you know, if you live in a colder climate, especially where wintry gets wintry, then, yeah, you do want to protect your dog from the elements. So, Well, dogs, like people, are living places that they weren't necessarily originally uh, bred to live, you know. so Listen to uh, you, dog expert. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been listening to this show yeah. for a few years, so I should have some knowledge. Right. But it, it does make sense that, yeah. you know, if you've got a, a dog that would norf- normally be in Africa or someplace uh, where it's warm and, and dry, uh, to be in a wet, cold environment, they probably want a little extra protection, just like a person would. Eric, that's such a good point, and I'm not being sarc- like joking. That's such a good point that we could do probably a whole show on that topic. I bet we could. Because that brings up a lot around behavior and training. Mm-hmm. That brings up a lot, like you said, about the weather and, well, this dog is you know, meant to be hunting gazelle in the desert, and right. it lives in Minnesota, and, you know. <laughs> He's going to have... Uh, yeah, yeah, it needs a jacket. <laughs> Some hankering for a little warmth, yeah. yeah. Um, in any case, the point, the main point is... But, but that doesn't necessarily mean your dog needs a tutu, because I know Halloween is no. coming up, and well, a lot of people yeah. enjoy the uh, dressing their dogs up in costumes, and I'm not going to judge that. I'm just saying that's probably less of a, a priority in life uh, than, say, yeah. Maybe if you want to keep bit. your dog warm Maybe just a <laughs> out bit. in the wet weather. And they're not the same thing. Putting a jacket on your dog is not the same thing as putting a costume or, exactly. you know, tuxedo or whatever. So the whole, it all started, Eric was saying, what a great day to take your dog for a walk. You know, get out with your dog, get some exercise, give him some mental stimulation as well as physical and spend some quality time together, you know, turn the phone off, all that kind of good stuff. So um, lots of exciting stuff going on 
a lot to talk about, and I have um, an interview in the middle of the show. I'm going to be talking with Christina Capititis, and she is with Mudagree's Curriculum, and it's a curriculum of lessons. Uh, the North Shore Animal League America teamed up with Yale University to develop a curriculum of 25 lessons, each 30 minutes long, that teachers, guidance counselors, librarians, etc., can use to teach kids about compassion, empathy, and diversity through stories about shelter animals. And this is based on uh, this curriculum was developed and was um, used uh, information from a lot of research that was done in different universities um, about human animal interactions and it was founded in 2009 and um, it's been really successful it's in over 3,000 schools in the U.S. and Canada and uh, it's really cool so um, I'm going to be talking with her in the middle of the show but I have some some stuff to talk about so tomorrow night is my talk um about nonverbal communication with your dog. And um, I'm so excited for it. It's going to be so much fun. And I'm so, so excited for the talk. There's like 40 or 50 people, I think, signed up. Last time I checked, there's still room. If you have not RSVP'd yet, it is tomorrow night. So don't wait much longer. I'm just getting the uh, RSVP information. You can still come. It's tomorrow night, Thursday, October 23rd at the Natural Pet Pantry in Kirkland. You can email Randy, R-A-N-D-I, at naturalpetpantry.com, or you can call their Kirkland store at 425-739-4738. And just, um, it's, there's no charge for this talk, but it's just so that they make sure you have a seat. So that is tomorrow night, The Art of Nonverbal Communication. Um, be talking about dogs, being an authentic leader, and effective communication with your dog. And given that dogs are not verbal, that means we're talking about nonverbal communication and what all that means. So excited. Clear communication is key to successful relationships, both two-legged and four-legged. And I'm really excited for this group of people because I have some friends of mine I have some clients, like old clients even. One of my first clients from even before I was, I had my own business. Um, some colleagues and other professionals in the industry. And then hopefully people that I've never met before. Because I love that too. So really excited for that. Tomorrow night, Thursday, October 23rd, The Art of Nonverbal Communication. My free talk at the Natural Pet Pantry in Kirkland. It's not too late. RSVP, email randy at naturalpetpantry.com. That's Randy with an I. Or call 425-739-4738. Today's episode is number 295, which means we're five episodes away from the 300th episode, which means we're five episodes away from the 300th episode party, (laughs) (laughs) which is going to be so much fun. November 22nd, mark your calendars. It's in the evening. Starts at 7 p.m. at the Natural Pet Pantry in Kirkland. They have an awesome space. It's going to be fun. DJ Ricky Lee is going to be uh, providing the music. We're going to have food and wine. 
lots of great door prizes. So everyone who comes is going to get a free raffle ticket, and we're going to be giving away a ton of awesome stuff. Let me tell you just a few of the things that we have to give away. First of all, you might be surprised, Eric, to know that I am a quilter. I am very surprised to hear that, yes. (laughs) Most people are. Yeah, so I have made several quilts in my life of varying sizes. My mom is a a seamstress, and it's just in my blood, I guess, so I know how to sew. And um, my mom and I have teamed up, and we've made a dog show quilt, meaning... It the themed it's themed by dog show colors. Now you're gonna have to share pictures of this. Oh, I will. Okay, I will. Of course. Um, so that's actually being we're working on that um, currently, and we've got the top finished. It's cute. It's uh, you know based off of our logo, which of course you know has blue and orange in it and black. Um, so it's got really nice. Um, pattern, uh, not patterns, but like a print on the fabrics. And it's really a lovely quilt. So we're going to be, that's going to be one of the prizes. Rainbow Bridge Hearts is going to be there and they're going to be, uh, they're going to have some of their samples set up so that you can look at their awesome, awesome glass blown pieces. And we're going to be giving away one of their pieces, which is a handmade glass blown piece. You can pick the shape. They have a few different shapes that you can get. You can get a heart shape. You can get a like a sphere shape, um, you can get a tea lamp, um, and they have all different colors that you can choose from, and they swirl about a teaspoon of your pet's ashes into this really beautiful glass-blown piece, and they are lovely. I have two of them. Um, I had two made for my boy Chewy, who died in 2009, and um, I love it. It was just so wonderful to have that as opposed to his urn, which was just kind of morbid and creepy. Um, and uh, I love it. It's on my desk, and they're beautiful. So we're going to be giving away one of those. I have some gift certificates to um, Ivers, uh, $50 gift certificate to Ivers restaurant um, restaurants. And uh, those are a gift from this fine station, which is really sweet. Um, KKNW AM 1150 provided those. And a lot of other great stuff, a bunch of books from uh, past interviews. Um, there's a um, an, a book written about Old Dog Haven that I'm going to have a couple copies to give away and a ton of other stuff. So the 300th episode party, November 22nd, 7 p.m. at the Natural Pet Pantry in Kirkland. If you're listening to the show, you're invited. Please come. I especially hope to meet. I know my community will be there, and I especially hope to meet people that I've never met before who listen to the show. So please do come and join us for this very festive event. So let's see. Why don't we take a break, and uh, we're going to talk with Muddagree's curriculum about their fabulous programs when we come back from break. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. As much as I love for you, for you may think my dog will always come through. The Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different protein options 
to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their two stores in Burien and Kirkland, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your door. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. I'm Julie Forbes, and my first choice for my pet's food is the Natural Pet Pantry. It's the educated choice. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to Nupro Supplements, we cover the world of animals. This week, October 26th, it's an Encore Animal World Sunday. This show is so popular, you can hear it again. Joining me, adventure traveler Helen Thayer and senior chaplain for the Washington State Patrol and Department of Fish and Wildlife, Mike Neal. He's also the author of the book Helen Said is the Best She's Ever Read, The Miracle of Africa. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair discusses issues that are important to you, like good health and well-being, finding a new job and building your business, overcoming life's big challenges and making sense out of chaos, and living with passion and joy. Join us Mondays at noon Pacific for Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair. See conversationslive.net for show schedule and guest information. Hey, dog show fans. Does something stink in your home or car? Pure Air is a powerful odor eliminator that is the only natural food-grade product in its category. It works on bedding, kennels, litter boxes, urine, vomit, poop, even skunk spray. You know, all the fun smells our pets bring into our home. It's so non-toxic that you can literally eat it, a requirement for our home and our dogs. Spray Pure Air on anything you can put water on and let your nose watch the odor disappear. Ask for Pure Air in stores that specialize in natural, non-toxic products for home. Or visit DogRadioShow.com for a link to their website. I'm Julie Forbes, your host of The Dog Show. Pure Air is the only odor eliminator you'll find in my home. You'll love it. Wish your dog didn't hate going to the vet? Wish you were welcomed by a team who cared? Jet City Animal Clinic is an enjoyable respite from the same old thing. Dr. Anderson and her team have created a full-service facility that combines veterinary expertise with a comfortable style. Jet City Animal Clinic is located in Seattle's Capitol Hill neighborhood on 12th Avenue across from Seattle U. Bring your crazy questions, odd ideas, and alternative thinking. Jet City Animal Clinic will work with you to keep your furry family members healthy and happy. Traditionally educated with an open mind, Call us at 206-329-0253 or email info at jetcityanimalclinic.com to make an appointment. Jet City Animal Clinic, a unique approach to the health care of your urban pet, a local family practice, jetcityanimalclinic.com. This is Julie Forbes, dog training, behavior, and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog, thoughtful guidance for you and your dog. If your dog needs basic obedience training, a behavior evaluation, or food consultation, I can help you. Call me at 206-372-7399 or visit my website, www.sensitivedog.com. I teach group obedience classes, in-home lessons, and evaluations, and a two-week intensive training program called Higher Education. Again, I'm Julie Forbes, Seattle's dog behavior behavior training and nutrition specialist www.sensitivedog.com real people real life real radio really alternative talk 1150 welcome back to the dog show with julie forbes 
So before we talk with uh, Christina with the Mudagree's curriculum, I just wanted to um, mention something. I saw a post. So we have a Facebook page that is uh, The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. So if you're on Facebook, find us there. And I share, um, you know, funny or or inspiring or thought-provoking or cute or whatever, you know, photos and videos and post about our, you know, upcoming shows and events and stuff going on in the community and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes photos of my own dogs or client dogs or whatever. And I saw this photo recently um, with an Australian cattle dog. And um, we have two Australian cattle dogs, as you may or may not know. And um, if you're you may may or may not also know that Australian cattle dogs are intense and tenacious. And the photo that was shared of an Australian cattle dog was of the dog doing what um, he or she was bred to do, which is to herd cattle. Cows are big. I don't even know how much cows weigh, but I believe it's probably 1,500 to 2,000 pounds maybe. Um, so, you know, it, takes something to um you know move that large of an animal it takes you have to pack a punch so to speak and uh, then the post was saying you know make sure that you understand what your dog was bred to do or that you know that you understand the work the job that your dog was bred to perform um before you get that breed because you know cat cattle dog is able to move a cow that's a big animal and they're like 30 35 pounds they're not very big so they've got they pack a punch um they're intense and um you know telly our female cattle dog it's this really um kind of like phenomenon that she does in our house where she like a lot of dogs our cattle dogs um, especially herding breeds, they get all fired up and excited about the vacuum cleaner. So I think it's a combination of things, um, the energy and the, the noise of the vacuum cleaner, and then the back and forth motion, it just sets that herding drive right off. And they want to herd the vacuum cleaner, which actually one time ended up in the vacuum cleaner being punctured. So We've learned to just separate them when we vacuum so that we don't have to manage them in the space. But the vacuum cleaner has a closet that it lives in. And every once in a while, Telly, our female cattle dog, will just kind of get after the vacuum cleaner because there's a there's a few inches of a gap between the, the ground, uh, the floor and the door of that closet where the vacuum cleaner lives. And she, and, and it's in our hallway, which is right off of our living room. So there's, there'll be times where I'm sitting on the couch and, you know, just sitting there either on my computer or watching TV or whatever. And Telly will kind of be in one of her moods and she'll go over to that door and try to get at the vacuum cleaner from under that, that gap in the door and kind of like muzzle punch it. So if you've not heard what that is, a muzzle punch is when it, a dog will... Um, sort of punch someone or something with the end of its muzzle. Um, Dogs do it a lot to each other. They'll do it in play or they'll do it in conflict or, um, you know, whatever. So she will muzzle punch the 
underneath that to try to get at whatever is underneath that door. And when she does it, I, I, if I'm sitting on the couch and I'm not facing her, I'm just sitting there and she kind of comes up. She doesn't make any noise. And when she actually does it, she doesn't make a lot of times doesn't make a very loud sound. So it's not the sound necessarily that startles me. It's the energy of it. And she just the, I can't even replicate this, the, 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 the interaction, but she just is like and like hits you know, there's that smack sound of her muzzle hitting whatever it is on the other side of the door. And it literally makes me, I'm like a foot off of the couch. It makes me jump. It is um, like intense. And I appreciate how effective she would be in moving a cow because that is, you know, when I talk about the the nonverbal communication and like this is one of many ways that this manifests. Um, one of many contexts that we can talk about nonverbal communication in dogs. Um, this would be kind of under the category of like correction or or um, I guess technically aggression um, where, you know, they're moving, you know, in herding, they'd be moving an animal or or backing something off. And creating space, but man, the intensity and the power that that little 30, 30, 35 pound cattle dog puts out, it makes me jump literally like off the couch, like it sends this like jolt of energy through my body and it's not even that loud. So it's not just the sound that startles me. I mean, it's like, whoa, telly, God, no wonder, no wonder why you punctured that vacuum once. So anyway, I saw that post of a picture of a cattle dog actually at the heels of a cow. And, you know, they say like, oh, they'll, you know, nip your heels. It's like, well, that's what they're bred to do. And they can really pack a punch. So um, it's, it's intense. And I appreciate them. And I also appreciate how challenging it is to live with dogs with really strong, a really strong presence like that. Um, so it's just important that if you have a dog or a breed that's a very strong presence that you learn you learn about it so that you can appreciate and understand who they are as individuals and what might be driving them genetically um, just based off of what we created in them and also understand how to effectively you know work with that and manage those behaviors so that they don't become problematic in your life and one thing that she'll do just when she gets excited and she was a dog who we adopted when she was two and a half and she spent um, I think most of her life prior to coming to us in a crate and um, you know she didn't she didn't get the socialization and the structure and the stimulation and interaction that she needed I don't think Um, and so it's left her sort of vulnerable to being stimulated and excited and then just kind of having that hurting drive come out and it's almost like feels a little bit neurotic Um, so we have to manage that with her but um, I think where that post came from was from I just booked an interview with there was a recent um, bust of a like a cattle dog puppy mill which I had never um, really heard of but it was uh, through the Australian Cattle Dog Rescue, Inc. Um, I'm interviewing some people from there, and it was called, like, Blue Moon. Um, Blue Moon. 
something or other, you know, whatever breeder or something. And it was just these horrible, horrible um, circumstances where these just, you know, puppy mill kind of situation. And so this is a really important topic on, um, on, you know, in the world of dogs, puppy mills is one of the big ones as far as I'm concerned. And the, um, the industry of pet stores and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So this is an important show and I'm excited to talk with them. And this is not a breed that's, tip, you know, kind of typical puppy mills. You typically think of the small breeds, the designer breeds, the, you know, schnoodles and the Yorkies and those little guys. Um, but this was a situation with cattle dogs, which I think really rocked the the cattle dog community. So um, looking forward to talking with them. And um, also going to be talking with Dr. Kelleher um, in the middle of November with some clients, actually. Well, they're not clients of mine, but I have this really great story of meeting um, these women with three uh, little Shih Tzus on the street. And I was just waiting for a friend, actually, and was just kind of bored and was like, oh, I'm just going to go talk to people who have dogs and saw them and was like, oh, can I say hi? And, you know, because you always ask first before you say hi to dogs you don't know. And they were like, oh, sure. And I looked at one of them and she was just really sickly looking. So um, I just kind of asked about her and they were like, oh, yeah. And she was diagnosed with this GME. I don't even know what that is. I think it was meningitis, though. And they had, she had been given six months to live. And I was like, you guys have got to go see Dr. Kelleher. Um, who's been on the show a few times, and her website is wholepetvet.com. Um, so they did. I gave them my card. I think I wrote, I think I just gave them my card and said, just get in touch with me and I'll give you her contact info. They did. They went and saw her. This is now several months later, and the dog is almost completely healed from a six-month-to-live uh, prognosis. So uh, really, really awesome story. So I'm going to have the owners of the dog and Dr. Kelleher on the show to talk about this story. And it's just really important information, really powerful information. Um, so we are going to take a quick break and see if we can get uh, Muttergrees on the line. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Nasty dogs. Pure Air's powerful formula lets you eliminate pet odors safely. It's strong enough to effectively get rid of smells like urine, plus stronger odors like those that can be caused by illness. Pure Air is safe enough to spray directly onto people, animals, or use in the bath or laundry. Pure Air is perfect for dealing with dire situations, refreshing your dog between baths, or just before company comes. Pure Air is the most effective product you can buy to remove stinky pet odors safely. Find it at stores like Mud Bay, McClendon's, and Natural Pet Pantry, or visit their website, pureair.com. That's pure, A-Y-R-E, dot com. I'm Julie Forbes, host of The Dog Show. Pure Air is the only odor eliminator you'll find in my home. You'll love it. 
The Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different protein options to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their two stores in Burien and Kirkland, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your door. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. I'm Julie Forbes, and my first choice for my pet's food is the Natural Pet Pantry. It's the educated choice. Hi, this is Craig Walker, owner and lead technician at Coho Computer in Issaquah. Tune in Saturdays at noon right after Manson Mitchell for Tech Talk with Craig. We'll touch on the latest tech news, interview special guests, and take your calls. Tech Talk with Craig, Saturdays from noon to one, right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I love my computer. Wish your dog didn't hate going to the vet? Wish you were welcomed by a team who cared? Jet City Animal Clinic is an enjoyable respite from the same old thing. Dr. Anderson and her team have created a full-service facility that combines veterinary expertise with a comfortable style. Jet City Animal Clinic is located in Seattle's Capitol Hill neighborhood on 12th Avenue across from Seattle U. Bring your crazy questions, odd ideas, and alternative thinking. Jet City Animal Clinic will work with you to keep your furry family members healthy and happy. Traditionally educated with an open mind, call us at 206-329-0253 or email info at jetcityanimalclinic.com to make an appointment. Jet City Animal Clinic, a unique approach to the health care of your urban pet, a local family practice. JetCityAnimalClinic.com Outside the box, outside the norm, inside your radio. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes, and I'm back with Christina Capititis with uh, Mudigree's Curriculum. She's the content and editorial manager. Christina, welcome to The Dog Show. Thank you for having me. So... You guys have something pretty cool going on over there, and you're in New York? Yes, Long Island. Nice. Have you ever seen the Long Island Medium? I have not. Have you? Do you know of the show? Uh, I do, uh, a okay. little bit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she's probably pretty easy to spot with that hair, but anyway, <laughs> right. we're a fan. Uh, we are fans here. So you guys do... Um, you're with the North Shore Animal League America, and they've teamed up with Yale University and developed a curriculum of 25 lessons that teaches kids about compassion, empathy, and diversity through stories about shelter animals, which just sounds amazing. Yes. So so let's kind of get into this. Now, this was started in 2009 um, by a dog-loving doctor. So tell us a little bit about how this uh, curriculum was founded and developed. So it was developed by Dr. Mattia Finn-Stevenson at Yale um, because she loves dogs. She actually has eight rescue dogs of her own. Nice. Um, and we, you know, there's been a lot of research for years and years about the benefits of human-animal interaction um, on both the animals and the humans. And this is just structuring that and and putting it into the classroom so that students um, from pre-K through 12th grade can benefit from that. So animals produce um, a calming state in us. They make us happy. Mm-hmm. They um, help us focus more on our studies. And it just it's a 30-minute lesson um, that, that teachers can in, uh, implement 
in in a wider curriculum that they're already using, and it enhances all the rest of their studies. Mm. So it's one of the things that um, that you said about the like the compassion and empathy part of it that's so powerful for kids is they sort of learn they hear these stories about shelter animals and you know a lot of them kind of have it have it rough before they you know land in a shelter and then hopefully get adopted into a loving home and can they've kind of been through it a little bit and so sort of appreciating the hardship of the animal and their sort of triumph in in a lot of ways too helps kids to connect and feel for them and then that translates to that ability in, in other people as well. Is that right? Right. And it teaches kids about resiliency, the ability, ability to bounce back. And mm-hmm. in learning about the plight of the shelter animals, it allows them to, you know, sort of imagine the world through the perspective of animals. And it, it enables them to see the world through the perspective of their peers. So it actually reduces bullying in the classroom mm. and just the overall school environment improves. It's interesting because... You know, I mean, it totally makes sense. I mean, the connection, and like you said, there's been a lot of research on human-animal interactions and and the the how powerful um, animals can be, like interacting with animals can be for people, and how healing that can be, and all that stuff. Um, but it's interesting that you know you could take a group of kids and pro- even adults probably too, and tell stories about humans. And there's something about telling these stories about animals that gets to them in a different way and that that then translates to people rather than mm-hmm. just directly being like, hey, let's talk about, you know, the plight of these people. It's like right. an interesting bridge. Right. You know, actually, um, there's a chemical reaction that happens in our brain when we're um, around dogs or even if we hear stories about dogs, our brain secretes a hormone called oxytocin, which is the bonding hormone. So, you know, you feel it when you're around dogs, but the research has proven that just hearing these stories secretes the same hormone. So it calms the students and it makes them happier and it teaches them compassion. I bet I have very high levels of oxytocin. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Working with dogs, talking about dogs. I mean, it's like all dog all the time. So I guess that's a good thing. (laughs) Maybe that's why I'm so calm. Um, well, very cool. And so this is in schools all over the country. Mm-hmm. It's in over 40 states in the U.S. and also in Canada. Cool. And um, you said that there is um, a special, uh, like a special education curriculum that's just been developed and is in a pilot phase right now. Right. That's sort of the new frontier for Muddigrees. We're developing, um, well, in the schools where Muddigrees is already implemented, teachers have been noting that um, students with autism and other special education needs have shown particular improvement mm-hmm. um, with the dogs. Because if you think about it, autistic kids that can't recognize or have difficulty recognizing social and emotional cues in humans, they're actually able to recognize those cues in animals and then relate them back to humans. Mm-hmm. It also um, gives those students a common ground on which to stand with their peers. So whereas they might not have previously had anything in common, now they're talking about the dogs and they're getting excited about the same things. Mm-hmm. So it's been pretty amazing. So we're, we're developing a, sep- a set of supplemental lessons based on that um, specifically targeted to those students. And mm-hmm. the idea is that you know, uh, teachers in special education and alternative education classrooms these days, they have to teach one lesson to a group of students with a wide variety of disorders, you know, mm-hmm. anxiety, um, depression, 
autism, and this is one lesson that can meet all of those students with all those different disorders on the same on their the level that they need. Mm-hmm. I can totally appreciate that. Just as an adult, the the connection it's like an instant. You know, you, you get put two dog lover two dog lovers together, and mm-hmm. regardless of what other beliefs they might hold or backgrounds they might come from or whatever, you just start talking about dogs, and it's just an instant instant connection. And and because it's dogs too, I, there's like a a lightness. And then now you're saying we have a hormonal response to it as well. So right. there's a whole lot going on. And I've I mean I found myself if I'm I'm very extroverted, so I'm not typically very awkward in, you know, meeting new people. But if I'm just kind of with someone that, or, you know, there is kind of like, I don't really know what to talk about. I'll be like, do you have a dog? (laughs) Right. And they're like, yeah, oh, great. And then we're just like, it's off. Like, we just go off. So I just get that as kind of a human condition, too, and how great for kids to experience that as well. So Exactly. So you, let's see, your website, and I've posted links to your website on our Facebook page, on our homepage, which is dogradioshow.com. It is www.education.mudagrees.org, and that's mudagree, M-U-T-T-I-G-R-E-E-S. Right. Um, So that's your website. So if, if... somebody's interested in maybe ordering the curriculum, it's easy to do. There's a button at the top of the page, order curriculum, or you can also find out more about the programs, education.mudagrees.org on their website. So the, um, the schools, if somebody's considering this, it's not necessary to have a dog in the classroom, although some schools do actually have dogs or other animals in the classrooms uh, to go along with the curriculum, but it's not necessary. So that's not something that's going to rule somebody out from this. Right. A number of schools have adopted a therapy animal from a shelter and it, um, that works with the students during the day, and then it goes home with one of the educators at night. Mm-hmm. Um, many other schools simply arrange class visits to their community's local animal shelter, and that's great because it encourages students to volunteer on their own. Um, and several elementary and middle schools have even started internships at their local shelters for um, students that have shown a particular interest. Um, but we we understand it's not always possible for a shelter pet to be physically present in the classroom. You know, right. sometimes students have allergies or they're scared of the animals. So that's why the amazing thing is that even just studying shelter dogs through lessons, activities, and stories produces these same effects. And you said that, like, for some of the elementary schools, you'll send, uh, like, a mudagrees puppet. Right, we we include that in the curriculum kit. Yeah, that's cute. So um, now you have some stories of um, some pretty unique schools that have um, sort of implemented the curriculum and have had some powerful results. There was, uh, you said that there was a school in California that's got a lot going on with you guys, and then uh, a boarding school in New York. So tell us about those. Uh, so one of our favorite schools in California is uh, the Fenton Charter Public School. Uh, it's actually a system of public schools, and the um, the school counselor there adopted an animal from North Shore, and um, he brings him to school with him every day. And some of the really cool things they do with the dog there are um, 
he, the children read to him in the library, mm. and it actually improves their reading skills. Mm-hmm. And they also started um, an advice column where students can write to the dog, his name is Jeter, um, with their problems, and the dog responds. And, you know, the, the guidance counselors told us that some of these kids come from very troubled backgrounds, and mm-hmm. um, they're scared to tell adults, or they think that if they tell adults, it might not matter. But they're more likely to write to the dog, and they end up getting the help they need through that way. Yeah. Have you heard of courthouse dogs? I have, yes. I've interviewed um, Ellen O'Neill Stevens years ago, who's the founder. And I think, I want to say that that, the dog, the first dog, I think it was her son's service dog. I think his name was Jeter, which is just an interesting coincidence. But that's sort of the premise of that work is that for kids for forensic interviews, like they're they're not going to talk to a stranger about what they saw or what happened to them, but they'll tell a dog. Right. And it's just so, so sweet and powerful and important. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of ways, like you said, this this actually enables the kids to get the help that they need because it, it allows them to communicate. Right. They're, they're able to make safe, calm contact with a gentle animal. Mm-hmm. They can look in their, their eyes without the fear of judgment or rejection. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not always possible with an adult. Yeah. And we have a pro, we have a um, organization locally that's been around for a long time called we- Reading with Rover and and it's mm-hmm. that's all they do but it's kids read to dogs and it's really really powerful for kids to become um more comfortable and uh familiar with reading and just the same thing it's like the non-judgmental and and then all the other stuff that how like our blood pressure lowers and all this other stuff that kind of right, calms exactly. us down and then there's a school in Oh, you know, you said what not to leave the California school. I think you said uh, you're like you said that the dog was like a celebrity and there were like posters of him. And right. They have his picture on banners um, right. all over the campus. It's awesome. And the students all, you know, when they see him coming, they all shout, hey, Jeter. And yeah. um, the principal there actually told us that um, when they first started implementing the curriculum, parents were coming in and saying, well, what are you doing? My kid, I used to ask him, how was your day? And they'd say, fine. And now they're so enthusiastic. They mm-hmm. want to tell me all they learned about the dog. And so the the response has been huge there. Cool. And then there's a school in uh, New York that you were telling me a little bit about. So Right. There's a high school in Syosset, uh, New York, called Mercy First. Um, it's actually a boarding school where all the students come from very challenging circumstances like abuse or neglect. Mm-hmm. And they've all been through the court system. Um, they've been using the Muddigree's curriculum there for a few years now, and they actually have a North Shore Animal League foster animal on campus. A teacher brings the school, uh, the dog to school every day, and the students help train it. So um, when it's trained, it comes back to North Shore, and we put a special sign on its um, cage that says, trained by Mercy First students, and it gets adopted really quickly like that, and then they take on a new dog, mm. which is pretty amazing. And that school also started an internship program uh, with North Shore in 2012. It's a mentorship program. So a handful of Mercy First students every year get to pick a department in North Shore that they're they're interested in working in, so medical or training or grooming. And then they are paired up with a mentor, and um, they learn the the trade. Mm -hmm. Um, And it it really gives these kids a purpose. You know, um, when the kids work with the animals, they don't just learn how to be responsible. They also discover their their self-worth because... You know, these shelter animals know what it's like to be abandoned and neglected, too, mm. just like them. So mm-hmm. it makes a really powerful bond. Yeah, that's there's a, a local program out of a women's prison here. It's a little bit different there, but it's called Prison Pet Partnership Program. And the the um, 
women, uh, it's within the prison, prison system, and they actually train service dogs. Mm-hmm. And um, we've visited uh, over the years a couple times, and I've actually gotten to talk with the offenders, you know, within the walls of the prison and talk to them about their experience working with the dogs. And it not only provides them with some, you know, skills to, you know, some of them when once they leave, they will actually go and, you know, work in a kennel or, um, you know, uh, pursue a career in that field, you know, working with dogs. But one of the biggest things that struck me was that um, a lot of the women said that working with animals, especially in a training capacity, and I can say this for people in general, is that it really teaches them about patience, Mm -hmm. which is really powerful and really necessary, especially for someone who's landed themselves in jail usually. So um, really powerful stuff. I mean, there's just so much, so many awesome things like, like what you guys are doing not like you, but, you know, like I was just relating to some other programs out there, just that the connection between people and animals is so powerful. Um, again, the website is education.mudagrees.org. If you're interested in more, you know, checking out more, perhaps you're a teacher or guidance counselor or librarian and you'd like to, um, you know, order this curriculum for your school, you can do that through their website. So you have a also a mobile adoption unit that is called the, you do this every year, the Tour for Life. Tell us about that. Right. We have several um, sort of shelters on wheels, which we call our mobile units. And every spring they drive across the country. Um, we always say from from the Golden Coast to the East Coast. And and we um, we stop sort of along the way. Um, our our Mudgree students come out and help us. And we adopt over 2,000 animals um, through, through the tour. Mm. It's a pretty amazing event. So this this enables you to now are you adopting the animals for your curriculum or just adopting them into pet homes? No, we're just adopting them into pet homes, but the students um they raise money and they come out and they help. Mm-hmm. They walk the dogs and talk to potential adopters, things like that. Mhm. And you said too sometimes someone may already have a therapy dog and they don't necessarily need to adopt a dog from North Shore Animal League or a local shelter, but they may already have a therapy dog, and this might be a way that they can use their dog, you know, through this curriculum. Right. Sometimes the schools contact local therapy dog organizations because there's a lot of people in communities that get their dogs trained as therapy dogs, and then they act as the handlers themselves. So they often love to go, you know, take their dogs to work in this sort of setting. So it's a perfect match. Yeah, that's awesome. So you've got your um, special education curriculum that's um, in its pilot piloting right now. And is that something that if somebody specifically is interested in that, that they can um, participate in that now? Yep, they can go on our website and um, fill out an order form and, you know, make a special note of the fact that they, they want the supplemental lessons. Um, since it's in the piloting form, they would just have to fill out an evaluation afterwards. But... Um, we're interested in working with new schools. Cool. And you guys have a book uh, that's coming out in like a month? Yep. I just uh, wrote a book called Mudagree uh, with illustrator Ryan Bauer-Walsh, who's a um, pretty up-and-coming uh, New York uh, artist. And um, the goal of that is to, you know, educate youth as to what a mudagree or a rescue animal is and what they go through and the qualities that they offer. 
um, and also it, w- it will go into our curriculum as a you know a recommended reading. Um, but I should mention as part of that that Muttergrees isn't just a curriculum. We sort of coined that word to give um, legitimacy and respect to rescue animals. So mm. we define a Muttergree as any animal that has been rescued or is waiting to be rescued. And we actually also started on um, the North Shore Animal League website a Muttergrees registry so that, you know, if you have a purebred dog, you can go and get him official papers. We can You can go on and fill out your information, and we'll send you official um, papers for your Muttergree. Mm, cute. Yeah, love mixed breeds. Love them Oh, and both. about um, the book. Well, I guess I should say that all the proceeds from the book goes to the Muttergrees Curriculum and North Shore Animal League, so it goes to saving more dogs and helping more children. Awesome. And that's available, will be available on Amazon.com. It's called Muttagree, <laughs> and uh, it'll be available in about a month? Yeah, we're hoping to get it out before the holidays so dog lovers can get it for kids in their lives. Awesome. And can it be pre-ordered? Or no? Not yet, but hopefully soon. Okay. So keep your eyes out for that. The book is called Muttagree. All the proceeds go to support this wonderful program. Gets uh, pets adopted from shelters and teaches kids about compassion, empathy, and diversity. Decreases bullying in schools. Very important topic. Um, and through the human-animal connection. So it's a um, really, really cool program. Like I said, North Shore Animal League America has teamed up with Yale University, um, developed this curriculum, and you guys are just rocking it now in over 3,000 schools in the U.S. and Canada, and looking to add more. So go to the website, education.mudagrees.org, if you'd like to learn more information about that. And there's an order curriculum button. Uh, You can order it really easily, or you can just find out more information if you need some more support. So, Christina, thank you so much for your time today. Say hi to... Thank you for having me. I'm from Boston, well, the Boston area, so say hi to the Northeast for me. (laughs) Okay, it's rainy today. I don't know if you want to say hi. But. It's rainy here, too. So <laughs> Okay. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, thanks so much for all the great work you guys are doing. And again, thanks for your time today. Okay, you too. All right. So before I've been forgetting over the past few, few weeks because I get, you know, talking to a guest or, you know, whatever. One of our newer partners is Pure Air, the odor eliminator. Mm-hmm. And it is so awesome. I have discovered yet another use for it, which is my workout clothes. Oh, okay, smart. Yes. Um, now, of course, any you know, if we... I, for some reason, I thought you were going to say it's great in omelets or something. Because <laughs> when they were on the show, it was made very clear that it's actually it could be eaten. It's edible. It's just that natural that you could eat it with no ill effects. So, uh, I'm not saying people should put it in their omelets, but for some reason, that's what my mind went yeah. to when you said that. But it's good for defunking your uh, yes funky workout wear. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I'll, I'll have to try a vodka pure air on the rocks. Next time. <laughs> I don't think that's probably its intended use, but no. Uh, <laughs> um, although I wonder if it was put in an, in a drink that actually did have an odor, if the odor would go away. Wow, I think you just blew my <laughs> <Wow>. mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, you can um, put it in your laundry, and you just put it in with the detergent. So you just put your detergent in, and then put your pure air in. And because I have clothes that I can't necessarily bleach. Now, isn't it in a spray can? Do you? They have a spray 
bottle. Okay. Or you can get the it by the gallon. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah you could just add it like a detergent then, I totally. guess. Totally. Cool. And you don't need a lot of it. And I'll tell you, I mean, not to be gross, but like just washing the workout clothes. Because I, I go to a dance class four times a week, you know, and I don't have a huge workout wardrobe. So, you know, and they, you know, whatever, wash the clothes. And it just doesn't do the trick as much as I'd like it to. And, mm. you know, I don't want to use bleach all the time or just kill the color in my clothing or whatever. Pure air. If you're like me, you use uh, the detergent that doesn't have the the dye I or do. the fragrance. That's right. So yeah, it's uh, a lot of times th- that stuff just covers up odors. But if it really gets rid of it, that's awesome. It so. really does. I mean, this stuff is awesome. So check it out, um, Pure Air, and it's spelled A Y R E. The air in there is A Y R E. Pure Air. If you live locally, you can get it at QFC, you can get it at Mud Bay, you can get it at the Natural Pet Pantry, um, uh, McClendon's Hardware. It's in a lot of stores. And if it's not in your favorite local store, then ask for it and ask them to get it for you so it's easy to get. Um, You can also just get it online. So you can go to pureair.com. And again, that's pureair, A-Y-R-E.com. I can guarantee you we'll be giving some pure air away at our 300th episode party, which will be November 22nd. But we are just finding more and more uses for this stuff. It's so awesome. It works the best out of any odor eliminator that we've ever tried. And we've, we're just loving it. And it's totally non-toxic. You can actually eat it. They, you know, they don't suggest you your eat omelet it. Or your right. vodka. That's right. Vodka pure air. Right. Up with a twist. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, check it out. I mean, don't don't mess around with all these other products, and especially ones that either are animal tested or that are toxic to your pet. Because you know, it, if you're putting it on the floor, it's going to get into your animal system because they're walking on it. So we're just loving that stuff. I just wanted to send them a shout out. I was really really excited. Um, we don't advertise products or companies that I don't really believe in and actually have in my own home, (laughs) like Natural Pet Pantry and Pure Air and Jet City Animal Clinic. I mean, we don't have Jet City Animal Clinic in our home, but we do go to Dr. Anderson with our pets. Um, So anyway, they're awesome, as are our other partners, um, Jet City Animal Clinic and the Natural Pet Pantry. So 300th episode party. Ooh, so excited. This is episode number 295, 300th episode party. November 22nd, 7 p.m., Natural Pet Pantry, DJ, music, food, wine, presents, gifts, giveaways, all sorts of awesome stuff to hook you up to celebrate such a milestone. So I really hope to see you there. Mark your calendar. We'll be back next Wednesday at 2. Thanks for listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes.